champion. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. Well, so much for a quiet Friday. Howie Roseman will not let us have a free weekend here. Some big news on the Eagle Eye podcast with Ruben Frank. I'm Dave Zangaro. Ruben, first, let's just go through this trade. The Eagles were sitting at pick number six. They trade back to number 12. In addition, they pick up pick 123. That's the fourth rounder. The Dolphins get number six and number 156. The big reason for this trade is the Eagles pick up a 2022 first round pick, which means they could end up with three first rounders next year. Yeah. And it's a trade for the future, which is really what, what this year is all about. It's all about the future. And um, I understand the frustration fans have about, I wanted Kyle Pitts. I wanted this guy at six, that guy at six. I, I get that. And, and I feel a part of that too, but um, the, the return is, is pretty good. You're still going to get a really good player at 12 and, you know, there's no, there's no guarantee we're going to get Kyle Pitts at six anyway, or whoever, whoever it was you had earmarked, they're going to get a really good player. Uh, if there's four QBs that go before them, they're going to get, you know, the eighth best non-QB in the draft or what they perceive as. Uh, on top of a first-round pick next year, um, it, it's all about building a team, and, and it's all about the long view, and that's what, that's what Howie's taking. And, you know, I think the argument is, if Jalen Hurts, obviously this move tells you that Jalen Hurts is their guy because for this year, for this year, because you get out of six to go to 12, you're not going to have. And I'll tell you what, the way things look, they might not have been able to get, they probably wouldn't have been able to get a quarterback at six anyway. Um, at least they weren't going to get Trey Lance. It certainly looks like it. And to, to, to follow up on, on the actual trade, just a few minutes before the trade, uh, the Dolphins got out of three, traded to 12 with the Niners. Um so Niners sent twelve uh, sent um, twelve to the Dolphins. Niners are at three. Dolphins get uh, also next year and a year after first round picks yeah. from the Niners. Oh, an important thing to note: uh, the twenty twenty two first rounder that the Eagles get is the Dolphins pick. Okay. So so you watch Miami this year. You're gonna have a reason to watch Miami and the Colts this year because that determines where the Eagles pick. I mean, there's a real good chance they're going to have, look, I think the Dolphins are going to be a pretty good team, but three first round picks is pretty good. Yeah. And if, if that happens, I mean, there could be more with Howie, who knows? I mean, there could be more in store certainly. Um, but I think when you look at the long view, it's a good trade. It, and you know, it's going to come down to what's the difference in talent between who you get at 12 and who you would have gotten at six. And, um, you know, you have a chance, certainly there's going to be a really good corner there. Uh, there there's no guarantee that, um, you know, a guy like Jalen Waddle won't be there at 12. Uh, Devonta Smith might be there at 12. Um, certainly uh, Caleb Farley, um, Sertain could be there. Uh, JC Horn might be gone. I think he's kind of elevated himself to the top of that list for now, but who knows? Um, you can get a really good player at 12 and, and then you have a, a one. Um, I, I can see if I was a GM, I wouldn't do that. I, I would like, I want the best player. I just want that best player. But you know, how his job is to think um, with the long view in mind and um, they don't have any young players. They don't have any good young players and the chance of getting two in the next two years uh, instead of one, or at least two first round picks instead of one is, um, you know, is, is we talked about this the other day. When you look at value, 
uh, yeah, it does make sense. And yeah, that's the way how it looks to the draft. And it kind of tells you where the roster is. Uh, it, there's just such a lack of young talent that he feels the need to say, hey, we want a bunch of good players. We're, it's almost, I guess he looks at it like it's almost a luxury to try to draft an elite player. I wouldn't move out either. I, I look at it like, especially with this pretty obvious run on quarterbacks, it's it, obviously, you know, once, once the 49ers move up to three, they're taking a quarterback. So you're going to have three quarterbacks in the first three picks. There's a chance one goes to four. I think the Falcons are going to get out of four. I, because I think once you have a run on QBs, like we're already seeing, you know, the other teams that want QBs, like, you know, the, the, the Panthers, they're going to be like, well, we can't, we got to move up too. Cause we're going to lose, you know? Yeah. I mean, if there's a bidding war, otherwise you can wait, if you're going to get the, there's, we think there's four quarterbacks, right. At the top, you just wait and get that guy. Well, but, if you're Denver, you know, if you're Denver, you might say, I got it, you know? Yeah. So because I, I don't think the Falcons are going to draft a quarterback. So I think it would. But that's would, more of a reason for the Eagles to stay at six because you're going to get the best, the second best non quarterback in the draft. Right. The second best player. If that's so, even if, look, I'm looking at Cincinnati and I think Sewell makes sense because they got to keep Burrow upright. But even if Burrow like lobbies for Jamar Chase, give me back my, my receiver, and they do that, sure. Then you have Sewell or, or Pitts right there for you. And maybe the Eagles looked at it and said they don't think the diff. Uh, they obviously did. The difference in caliber player wasn't enough to turn down a first round pick. And I get that. It kind of hurts so. And I get why Eagles fans are a little disappointed right now because we spent the last three weeks talking about they could get this generational receiver in Jamar Chase. Like he was the better receiver on the team that had Justin Jefferson, who went on to have an incredible rookie year. So you're looking at Jamar Chase like, that guy is going to be a star in the league. And then Kyle Pitts, how much he's been talked up in the last couple of weeks. Daniel Jeremiah, who I respect as much as anyone in, in the draft world, says he might be the best player in the draft. You have a chance to get the best player in the draft at six, and now you don't have either. That's tough to swallow, even knowing you're getting a, a first-round pick back in return. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything you just said. Um, and I would agree – with the notion that Howie in the front office thinks that the player that you, they're going to get at 12 isn't that much worse than the player they're going to get at six. Um, and we won't know the answer to that for a couple of years. Uh, if, if they get Jalen, uh, you know, um, Waddle at 12 and he ends up having a, you know, a, a stellar career, then, then, uh, and then you get somebody next year with, with that pick you got in the, in the first round. Uh, it was a good trade. Uh, my thing is this team needs elite players. They, they need, and, and those are the guys you get at six and you don't always get them at 12. Um, you can, you know, and, and, and teams have, but uh, if, if you really want elite players, you get them in the top handful of picks and six is, is, I mean, they just don't have the, you know, we've talked about this. I mean, they, they, they pick at number six. So rarely, I mean, it was Carson was two, um, you know, Corey Simon was, uh, was a top 10 pick and, and Donovan. I mean, it's, it's so few and far between. It's like one guy since, two, since Corey Simon. And Lane. And Lane. And Lane Johnson was four. My bad. Um, so, it, yeah, but still, though, I mean, it's two guys in the last two decades. Um, it's and they had to trade up to get Carson. It wasn't like they were there naturally. Right. 
Right. Uh, maybe Howie just feels like we're going to suck for the next few years. So we're going to have top 10 picks, you know, <laughs> but um, that's not encouraging either. But I just think this team has had so few really elite players uh, over the last stretch. That's what they need. And, and, you know, the ones they've had really haven't sustained it. You know, they've, they've been elite, for, but, but, you know, we're talking about like multiple pro bowl type guys, um, Fletcher, you know, uh, you know, Kelsey, those type of guys. And that's what they need. They, and, you know, or Ertz, you know, and, and these guys are all seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. Um, that's what they need. And I'm not sure your chances of getting out of 12 are, you know, close to what they are at six. Yeah, it's fair. Um, so there was a report from NFL network that the Eagles tried to trade up to three, but they were only willing to do that if they could land Zach Wilson since then, Ian Rappaport, who reported it, kind of walked it back and um, made it a little less definitive and said the Eagles liked Wilson. They, they were interested in him but thought it was better for their team to, to trade out and, and get a first-round pick. So make of all that what you will. But the fact that they were even thinking about, um, about Zach Wilson kind of tells you, and the fact that they sent Shane Steichen and Brian Johnson to his pro day today on Friday – it tells you that, yeah, for right now, Jalen Hurts is the guy, but I, it's yet to be seen if he's the long-term solution. They wouldn't be looking at at Wilson if they thought, no doubt about it, Jalen Hurts is the guy, and he's going to have to prove that this year, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's got a year, and um, I think that's – today told us two things about Jalen Hurts. Number one, he's definitely the guy for this year, and number two, he's not definitely the guy beyond this year. Because if, if, if you had any intention of drafting a quarterback, you certainly don't go from six to 12 because that's no man's land for quarterbacks. I mean, there's, there's not going to be anybody, um, you know, at 12 that makes sense uh, to draft as a QB. Then again, it wouldn't make sense to draft on a 53 either, but that's, that's another story. But uh, it tells you that, you know, that Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy this year, but he's, you know, he's on the clock. And uh, certainly if he had a, a Kyle Pitts to, to throw to, 80 times this coming year, uh, he would have had a better chance to succeed. Um, How do you so. think Jalen Hurts is feeling right now? Not that he cares. He's got ice in his, in his veins. But on one hand, he basically gets assured that he's the quarterback this year. On the other, they just traded back and they, they missed an opportunity to get one of the top weapons. And there are reports that the Eagles were interested in possibly moving up to draft his replacement probably mixed feelings from the Hertz camp today. I would think so. I would think he might be having his agent call the Colts right about now. So you need a backup out there. Um, yeah. I, you know, but I mean, the Eagles have to do that. I mean, this is, and this all, this is all the position that they put themselves in by drafting him. And it was also avoidable. Uh, maybe he'll be a star and, and it'll, you know, prove uh, fortuitous, but um it, you know, I think Jalen's probably thinking, he's probably texting Carson saying, I, I kind of see what, you know, I kind of see what you mean, <laughs> you know, because I mean, I don't know. I, and, and that's probably not fair to Jalen because in the limited time that we've seen him and talked to him, he doesn't think that way. He thinks, you know, I, I'm, you put me out there with, with Quez Watkins and Khalil Tate and I'm going to, I'm going to go win a football game. I think he's that confident in himself, but um you know, and I'm, I'm sure I mean, he's a smart enough guy to know that 
this is a really good QB class and, and the Eagles have the sixth pick and it's, they would, you know, any team's going to do their due diligence unless you have, you know, Drew Brees, you know, young Drew Brees or, or, or Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, elite hall of fame type guy who's 26 to 28. Other than that, um, you got to understand this. That's the, I mean, Sam Darnold was the what fifth pick third pick a couple of years, yeah. you know, what 17 in 18, 18, yeah. 18, three years. And they're already moving on from him. So it's uh, quarterbacks don't have a chance to develop like they used to, you know, guys would, you know, well, he's in his third, fourth year now, you know, we need to see something. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. So, um, but it, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know when we'll talk to him, but I'm sure he'll say the right things, but I'd love to know, uh, you know, a fly on the wall. What do you, what are you thinking right now? Yeah. So on the last podcast, we talked about this, and now I think there's an even greater chance of it. The Eagles getting back into the first round is, a, I think, a much bigger possibility right now than it was uh, a few days ago. Because right now, they have the 37th pick, they have two in the third round, 70 and 84, and now they have a fourth round pick. So they had the ammo to get up from 37 back into the first round. So draft nights, I'm not going to rest easy until the, that first round is over because after they pick a 12, they have, they have everything at their disposal. If they want to get back in that first round. And I would, I pretty much expect them to, um, because why wouldn't you, you know, unless, unless you feel like, you know, the value is the same at, you know, 25 as it is at 37, which isn't the case. I mean, there's usually quite a drop off there when you get into the second round, not exactly, but um, why wouldn't you, they have the ammo and that's what, that's how, how he sees these picks. I mean, they're, they're, um, you know, they're, they're assets. They're, they're not players. They're not draft picks, they're assets. And you use them to, um, to, to get other assets that might be worth a little bit more. And you just keep doing that and keep doing that. And, Eventually you have to draft and that's, that's the problem. Getting, getting all the picks is, is great. Um, but eventually you have to get some good players with them. But yeah, I, I would be surprised if they stay at 37 because why would you, you know, cause you don't need 11, you don't need to draft 11 players. Yeah. So you no, may- I agree. So it, yeah, if, if you can dump a third round pick and move up back in there, what is it? Do a third and a six, go take a sixth round pick too for your troubles and get back up in there. I would think about it. Normally in a draft, there's a cutoff, you know, uh, and the Eagles don't really use a traditional round grading system, but you know, the teams that do there's, it depends on year, but most teams would be like, there are, there's 26 first round picks right this year. So you got to get to make it worth your, you got to get to that level. And I don't know about the overall depth of this class. And this might be a tough year to figure that out anyway, because of all the variables no combine and a lot of opt-outs. Yeah. Uh, but the Eagles will play that game. I mean, they'll figure out where the value point is and, and where there's a drop-off and they'll try to get up before the drop-off. That's the way they look at these things. And that's the way they should look at it. Um, overall though, like when getting back to the six pick, I, I don't love it. Well, here's, here's the thing. They could potentially have five first round picks, you know, say, say they move up from 37 to 25. Then they have their own first round pick next year, most likely the Colts first round pick and, and a Dolphins first round pick. So if you have four other first round picks, why not take that, that elite 
all-time generational player at six. And, you know, I mean, they would obviously they wouldn't have the, the Dolphins other one if they had, if they still had six, but you know, they could have another one this year. And then two, if they hadn't made the trade, it's, they could still have four first round picks in a two year period. One of them being at number six. So you can still build and build and build with these other, these other picks and, and also get that guy at six that could really change your franchise. Yeah. And the Dolphins are, are a team coming up right now. I mean, that, that pick next year, who knows, but it, I think you could end up with that Dolphins pick and that Colts pick in the twenties. Sure. I, I, I would expect that really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they're both kind of 10 and six type teams, you know? So um, I don't know when we'll talk to Howie. We usually talk to him. Pre-draft. The draft. Yeah. Sorry. Like a week before the draft normally. Yeah. But I'd love to hear, you know, hear what he was thinking. I wonder if there's more in store. It's amazing. I mean, the, the, the Dolphins trade, I was like, I'm writing my story. It was like how this impacts the Eagles. And five minutes later, I'm like, like this story just got really different. Yeah. Much different. It's interesting. I, and, and with Howie, you're right. There's this feeling that like, are we done? I don't know if we're done. I like, I think there's always a plan. And you look, I look, I always think back to 2016 when he fed us that BS line about how much better the H spot was than 13 when they made that trade, but right. it was all with the goal in mind to move up again. So, I mean, there's a good chance. This is just a smaller piece of a larger plan from Howie. And that wouldn't surprise anyone in a way. It kind of feels like that. It kind of does. Maybe they'll end up back at six, but with an extra pick, <laughs> that would be, that'd be funny. All right. Uh, Eagles fans, it's time to look forward to the dream vacation, the Philadelphia Eagles fan cruise tickets are selling out fast and the ship sails a year from now, March of 2022, seven days and seven nights with Eagles fans and only Eagles fans book your tickets now at philadelphiaeaglescruise.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Rube. So I, I put together a quick list. Uh, it's so funny because we spent the last three, four weeks talking about Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. And look, I guess there's a chance one of those guys could slip to 12. It, anything can happen, but I think it's probably unlikely. All right. I mean, best receiver in the draft, maybe best player in the draft. They're probably gone by 12. So um, it, the, the whole thing now shifts focus to new players who the Eagles might be in line for. So I put together a quick list of 10 of them and it's, it's not a completely comprehensive list. We'll see what happens at these pro days. If guys start rising or falling, but uh, let's just go through them. And you tell me if you think it makes sense or not. The first one is Devonte Smith. And I know some people think he'll be long gone. Maybe, but um, I, I think there, there is a concern about his size. He's 170, and that might not bother some teams, but it might bother others. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner, certainly productive, playing the SEC against really good corners. But uh, if he's there at 12, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty nice pick. Yeah, and I, I keep coming back to 
how he doesn't just make a move like this hoping you know hoping that someone they like is a 12 he makes a move like this with a player in mind or or a smaller like on his board either either smith or or waddle or whoever it is one of these guys is going to be there at 12 and yeah and they have like a comparable grade so if they if they can move back six spots in this case and they say one of these three players with a really comparable grade is going to be there then they do it right um and certainly he you know I mean, we talked about him a little the other day um i'm a little a little skittish at the at the size but not really that much um and you know certainly deshaun um showed what you can do at 160 pounds uh, if he could have the career deshaun had even Hollywood Brown a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. A couple years ago. Um, they were both twos, probably because of their size. Um, but certainly, I, I don't think anybody would be surprised if, if he – Wasn't Hollywood a one? Was he a one? Yeah, you're right. He yeah, was he's 25. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't think – I wouldn't be surprised if, if he drops to 12. I mean, you know how it is. It's like once people start thinking, oh, he's, he's not big enough, that's when guys start dropping. So that's kind of out there and – um, certainly could be there at 12. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Jalen Waddle, his teammate at Alabama. Um, it's funny. He's injured, uh, which would fit right in here, but it was an ankle injury as long as he's healed up. He's another guy. He's played inside. He's played outside. He's a good receiver has familiarity with Jalen Hurts and yeah. not that Jalen Hurts is the long-term guy, but would help this year. He could be, you know, we could don't be. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's kind of the, I mean, some people like him. They you know, think think he's the best receiver in the class. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles feel that way. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're targeting him. I mean, that, if they you feel mean like it they, wouldn't surprise you if the Eagles went against the grain and picked a receiver that not everyone thought was a consensus pick at that spot. <laughs> well, it's not like people think he's going to go in the third round or anything. I mean, he's not <laughs> J. Jaw. I mean, I think he's really, really good. Um, but we'll see. I think he's certainly in the mix at twelve. Yeah. Uh, then a few cornerbacks. I think there's really three. And to me, these are the top three corners in this draft. Uh, J.C. Horn from South Carolina, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, and Patrick Sertan from Alabama. Any three of those guys, like any one of those three, I think would be a decent pick there. Yeah, and certainly uh, would fill a need. Um, it's a good spot, for, you know, for those. Uh, we talked about this, I guess it was yesterday on the last podcast. I think all three of those corners – are going to go between 10 and 20. So now you're sitting at 12. Um, Horn had the great uh, pro day. Was it Wednesday, I guess? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yesterday? I don't even know. But um, a lot of people think he's the first corner off the board now. Uh, Gosh, if you can get J.C. Horn at 12 and a first-round pick for six, then that's a great trade. I think. I don't know. I'm still skeptical about it because I think the level at six would be considerably higher um but maybe the Eagles don't feel that way uh Caleb Farley is an interesting one uh one of the opt-outs so it's like we haven't seen him in a while and he's hurt so he's not even I don't know if we'll be able to work out before the draft I don't think he's doing I think their pro day is actually on Friday today yeah he's not he's working out he's not working out at the pro day he's hoping to have his own pro day at some point yeah it'll be tight before the draft but he's a really good player I mean like It's it's I, I'm curious to see how these NFL teams deal with the opt-out guys because he was so good just a year ago. 
out of sight, out of mind. You know how the NFL is, man. They forget about you. If, if you'll know, be interesting because I mean, there was a point a few months ago where Farley was considered the best of the bunch. And I'm not sure he's not. I'm not either. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, we, we do this. I mean, you look at the, at the way they all played in, you know, in 2019 and you're going to, you're going to take all that away just because, you know, JC Horn ran a four, three, nine. That's, that's what people do, but. Out of uh, pro day, by the way, all these numbers day. are goofy numbers. That's right. Well, I don't know. Is your your boy uh, had him on three clocks at four three nine, um, James? They're all goofy numbers. <laughs> they are. I, I can't I can't trust any of them. Like we're all putting them next to the combine numbers. Right. I don't know, and maybe they don't. Like, I I think the GPS tracking means more now, and it should like game speed. But to put up a forty from a combine from a pro day against the combine numbers. I agree. Hand times are faster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know that being a uh, 35 year track guy. So, <laughs> yeah, they're just faster. Um, so, the next two guys on the list, offensive tackles, uh, Rashawn Slater and Christian Darasaw uh, from Northwestern and Virginia Tech, respectively. It wouldn't surprise any of us if the Eagles take a lineman, offensive or defensive. It just wouldn't surprise us because that's the way they build. And I think, you know, the, the value at offensive line at this spot at 12 is probably a little higher than the defensive lineman we're going to mention in a second, but uh, specifically Slater, if he's there at 12, there's a chance he could be the best player on the board. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think, you know, and, and Howie will tell you they don't draft for need, but I think what they do at 12 will tell you what they think about Jordan Mulata and, and um, Andre Dillard. I, I mean, can you take an offensive tackle in the first round twice in three years? But can you pass up on the best player available because you have this freakish guy who, who you've seen for what, like six games? And yeah, like his literal first six games of football? Yeah. I know. I, I know. I don't know. That's a tough I, I don't spot. know what they I don't know what they think of of Mulata. I mean, if I'm if I'm Jeff Stoutland and and Harry Roseman, Nick Sirianni, I'm looking at this kid thinking he's never played before. And he played really well. Yeah, he's got a ceiling, man. Oh yeah. So he might not have the ceiling actually. <laughs> he might have busted the ceiling because he's so tall. Yeah. Um, but I think we'll learn a lot about that by whether they, because I mean these, yeah, like you said, these these are guys that, uh, and Darisaw as well, Virginia Tech kid that make a lot of sense at twelve. Um, if they don't, then you got to think they feel like a Lane is going to be healthy and B Mulata is the guy and C they have some, something functional in Dillard. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're all, all three of those guys are question marks in, in different ways. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, next two guys, defensive ends, uh, Greg Rousseau from Miami. Gregory Rousseau, sorry. Uh, he's listed as Gregory everywhere. Uh, Miami and Pay from uh, Michigan. I, I'm not sure if the value is right. You know, I'm not like I, Rousseau's a tough one because he really just has one year in college. You know, he opted out. And but I mean, 2019, he was fantastic. huh? 17 oh. sacks or something. He had 15 and a half sacks, 19 and a half TFLs. So, yeah, he, he was great in 2019, but it was really his only college season. Well, Trey Lance only had one season. <laughs> it's true, um, but it's also the reason why he's the probably the rawest of the bunch. Yeah. Six, seven, two, 265. He's a monster. 
Yeah. Interesting guy. And pay is, you know, he, he might end up being the first edge player off the board. It's not a great, it's not like a super top heavy group of edge rushers. Um, and there are some of these guys who I, I wouldn't necessarily trust in a four three. Like there are some of them who are clearly three, four outside backers. I think both these guys can play in a four three. So, and Rousseau's big enough. He can slide inside at times. Yeah. Yeah. Probably could. Um, I, I wonder how much, I mean, how he has to know that everybody in this city wants them to take a weapon for Hertz and if, and, and failing that, then a cornerback, you know, how he, how he wants so desperately to be liked. I wonder if he thinks, you know, I'm going to give the people what they want. I think he's going to do whatever he can to save his job. And that's just take the best player he can. Uh, and that might bring us to the last one. It's not going to happen, but I'm putting Micah Parsons on the list because he might be the best player when they pick a 12 and we look it's an organizational thing the disrespect for linebackers it just is i know they they drafted one in the third round last year it was a late third round pick and they really drafted traits and not a player with uh davion taylor but i wonder what jonathan gannon's influence will be because you look at the vikings and like that's a team that's put considerable resources into the linebacker position. They got decimated by injuries last year, but they put considerable resources there. And then in Indianapolis, like if there's any team in the league who knows how important a great linebacker can be, I mean, with Darius Leonard there, I, I mean, they know it. So it's fascinating to me, like what wins there and how much of the organizational philosophy about linebacker was the organizational philosophy and how much was it molded by, what Jim Schwartz emphasized and will that change at all? Yeah. Those are great questions. That'd be a good story actually to write because Micah Parsons makes sense in so many ways. And I, you know, a lot of people would probably mock him at 12 to the Eagles. If it wasn't for the fact that they haven't taken a linebacker in the first round in 40 years. Someone call up Jerry Robinson. He's got probably getting tired of hearing his phone ring. 1979. He, He sees a call come from Philly. He's like, Oh, which linebacker might go in the first round this year? <laughs> Two one five. Nah. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember calling Mike Mamula once um, and and asking him about the combine. It was like ten years after his combine, and he said every year at the combine. And I mean, I knew him; I had a relationship with him, so he, you know, he gave me an interview. Uh, but he said, "Yeah, every year around the combine, like three or four writers call me, like." Because like they think I sucked, <laughs> like you know they think I'm like <laughs> a workout warrior, and he's like, yeah, Tom. Well, you know I had 31 and a half sacks in in, in five years, you know. So just <laughs> just make sure you mention that. But um, but yeah, uh, 42 years since they drafted a linebacker in the first round, and uh, this is the one year that I, I think it kind of makes sense. And I, I you know, and it's a great point because organizationally only means the GM and the coaches. So if like you said, the head coach and the D coordinator are both guys that have a, a different kind of, you know, they valued linebackers differently than the general manager. You know, they might, I could see there being some discussion about, Hey, this guy makes sense for us. Let's, let's go get him. I, th- I think it's not like most years. I feel like it's out of the question, but um, man, imagine Micah Parsons in an Eagles uniform. 
I, it would, I, that's the you mentioned the fans would be happy with the weapon. How happy would fans be if they drafted a linebacker? Yeah, you know, Penn State kid. Uh, and, and he's, I mean, I think he's going to be a hell of a player. He had a great pro day. Um, yeah, I, I mean, would, he, the numbers he put up were incredible. And but he has the, the tape to back it too. It's not like he's just putting up these numbers out of nowhere. Sure. I mean, yeah, you know, when he played, he looked like it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting because, like, all I have to do is watch Colts from the last few years and see Darius Leonard out there. And yeah, look at this guy. Well, I'm going to, I just might mock Micah Parsons to the Eagles. <laughs> I just sway you. Whenever no, anyone calls you an idiot, just be like, I'm, I swayed myself. I really think it's not out of the question. I really do. That'd be fascinating. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be, it, it's, this is weird too, that we have these two big trades in the same day, a month away from the draft. That's, that's a weird thing. I mean, usually you, you, you get these on draft day or the day before. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that tells me maybe there's more to come. Yeah. It seems strange, right? Yeah. That I mean, maybe the Dolphins, like it was contingent on them getting like trading back up. And that's why this happened. Like the Dolphins didn't want to do half of their moves and be sitting out there exposed basically. And then the Eagles could pull out and they're stuck at 12. Right. Right. That could be. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought the, um, what did you think of Tua last year? I mean, I thought, you know, I know there are people thinking they were going to, uh, you know, I know he didn't set the world on fire, but he, he wasn't bad. And it was kind of a weird deal with Fitz and everything. Um, but yeah, he wasn't awful. I mean, I, I wouldn't give up on him after a year. No, certainly. And, you know, I think that the hip is probably a bigger question than the ability. Um, but he seemed to be healthy. I don't know. Uh, I, I, the, the whole thing is fascinating to me, but um, I'm going back and forth. I still would have rather stayed at six, but I think there's, there's ways that this, you know, if, if they play it right, there's ways that can, this can, this can be a really good trade for them. Yeah. And like, even though I would have stayed at six, I understand right. what Howie's doing. Like I can see, I can see why. And it's not like I'm like 90, 10, you know, I'm probably more like 60, 40. Yeah. So I, I see it. I see it. And having three first rounders next year, not only could potentially give you three good players, it gives you a lot of options and how he loves options. He, he, he's he like, you're right. He looks at these things as assets he, as he fixes assets. And he loves to have that flexibility that if say the draft starts next year and they want a quarterback or they want player X, they have the ability to go up and get him, And they also have that flexibility this year, like we were mentioning, get back in the first round or be able to kind of bounce back and forth from, you know, in the, in the middle rounds too. Like they can move up and get a guy they want if he's sitting there. What if the Colts do something like take Carson out, like on running plays to keep his percentage down? Like, cause who cares who's handing the ball off? I guess the other team would know it's a running play. What if you take him out? Like anytime you're up, like, 17 let's just take Carson out and try to keep that number under so you know 74 74 69 percent I guess I don't I don't think Frank is gonna think like that no now Frank and I definitely don't think alike he's he's a very smart guy (laughs) (laughs) but I mean hey it it could be you know Carson could get injured and you know yeah it's very possible so I still think it's more likely a one than not a one yeah I do too 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and here's the thing, even if, if, if this trade, if they miss out on a guy at six, as long as they hit on the guy at 12 and then hit on the guy, you know, um, next year in the first round that they get, it, it could still be a successful trade, even if they, you know, we could look back and say, well, they could have had this guy, but at least they got these two guys. So, it, it, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, it's a total failure if, if the guy at six turns out to be a stud. Yeah. Like, would you rather have like a super elite, one super elite guy or two really solid starters? I don't know. I think where the Eagles are, you can make the case for the latter. Where they are as a yeah, and, and that's why I mean that's why they did it. They're looking at this roster saying, Oh, we don't have much. We we gotta get we gotta get some young talent in here by the truckload, and that's that's what they're positioned to do now. Yeah, agreed. Interesting day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, absolutely interesting day. We weren't expecting it. We weren't expecting to do this pod, uh, but we appreciate you guys listening to it. If you enjoy the Eagle Eye podcast, please do us a favor. Uh, rate, subscribe wherever you get your pods. If you're watching on YouTube, please click subscribe there. Can I say one thing? I went to uh, Temple University Hospital today with my parents. We all got our, our second vaccine. I just want to give a shout out to everyone at Temple because they run the most efficient operation there. And I just feel so lucky. I just took my parents in three weeks ago and they saw me with my parents and said, we're going to, we're going to give you a shot while you're here. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. They just kind of told me, um, but the nurses, the volunteers, the doctors, everybody is, was so professional. So such an efficient operation. We were in and out of there in half an hour. Um, so I just want to thank everybody there. It's really a miracle. I mean, that this, these vaccines are here a year after this whole thing started. And um, I just feel so, blessed to, to, to have gotten my second one and uh yeah so the, they, they said go home and rest i ended up writing a story and doing a podcast so may i'll go take a nap now yeah go take a nap hope you hopefully you don't get any uh symptoms from uh the second shot i heard that happens to some people but hopefully yeah. we get a relaxing weekend and we hope you all enjoy your weekends too for rube i'm dave we'll talk to you on the next eagle eye podcast